0: that sounds delicious what are you eating orange chicken oh wait did you say you made this or you ordered it i made this oh wow
1: Well, i made it last night i reheated it just now but
0: quite the chef we got before us guys Yep.
1: Yeah, i know how to follow instructions that's right <laughs> Something my remember? parents never thought I'd amount to.
0: Say, remember when your teacher told you to read the instructions first? Well, this is what they meant <laughs> it was for. This,
1: this guy didn't do it back then. Like, so I guess made a lot of mistakes.
0: As a noun. I got a lot <laughs> of food poisoning early on.
1: <laughs> sorry. Sorry, HelloFresh. You said 35 minutes. I took that and I doubled it. Boom! <laughs> well,
0: Why would you duck it? I was really excited. I took that and I cut it in half. Is what I was expecting you to say, and instead you. No, because I made I
1: so many mistakes that it took me that much more
0: time. Um, I I was going more the food food poison route, but that's okay.
1: Hmm. hmm. No. Okay. Who would never poison my food. <laughs> hey everybody! I'm Chase. And I'm Chloe. And welcome to Back to the Pilot. This week we're being drafted to discuss the world of military television with Band of Brothers and MASH. So fall in line as we take you back to the pilot.
0: See? That's all you just needed to not think about it. You crushed it.
1: Actually, I was thinking about it way too much. Hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, overthought about it. And I mean that's not a good out, me, but... <laughs> And then I phased back in with you saying, see, you just need to not think about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you blacked out, you really didn't think about it then.
1: That's true. That's very true.
0: Okay. You are first this week, my friend. Let me move around in my chair real quick and situate it because it squeaks. Hold
1: on. Let me. Yeah. I'll do some moving as well, just for no reason, just because you're doing some moving.
0: I was going to say you could have taken a bite, but at this point now you can't.
1: Nah. Nah. I take bites during the episode so that you can hear me chewing.
0: Oh, yeah. That's
1: how we sneak the ASMR. ASMR.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's how we get that ASMR category under our belts. Yeah. True. we really we need as many kinda, genres we as we can get we need to, we we need to grab many audiences we don't have one target audience we just go for the many we've learned nothing from Very the shows true. we've recovered that have failed
1: no exactly in fact we've speci- we specifically have taken everything that those shows did wrong and implemented it into this podcast <laughs> so true so anyways with that uh tell me what you know about band of brothers
0: I know only uh, that I've seen it. My brother watched it when it first came out. He absolutely loved it, told me to watch it. And then like five years later, I actually watched it because I was rebelling. Um, no, I wasn't really rebelling. I just didn't. It didn't take on my fancy when it first came out. And then I decided to watch it like two years ago and I loved it. It was amazing. But I know nothing. I think I, I know. I guess I assume it's based on. Well, Based on watching the show, I it's based on some semblance of real people because they do like sl- like kind of interviews like the show starts with like an interview like in the pilot episode. So like of people and that's kind of yes. all I know that. Yeah, well, show. I mean,
1: it's that's even more than I I mean, like I had, honestly had never even heard of this show until uh-huh. you had suggested it or somebody had suggested it for the podcast. Um, I
0: mean, you guys aren't... Yeah, your family's not really into this kind of stuff. I would have never heard no, of it had you didn't Taylor have HBO. not watch it. Yeah. I don't know. Our family's always had HBO. We've always liked HBO shows. That's like the one guys- splurge of TV that we've like paid for. Like We don't mm-hmm. pay for any of the extra extensions ever, except for HBO.
1: Yeah, see? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Is it like, you know, well, I mean, with that said, maybe I should get into the summary um, because it released... On HBO Um, the title of the first episode and this is interesting because um, I I just I'm taking a step back here because this is the first time we're doing a show that's like a mini series Mm -hmm. since like since we've started this we've only done TV shows that were expected to have multiple seasons obviously Mm -hmm. not all of them intended to but, yeah, exactly. Intended to be TV shows for at least three seasons, probably. Mm-hmm. This is the first time where we've done a mini-series where the entire series is planned out. The entire of that one one and only season has been planned out. So the idea of this being a pilot is not necessarily the case as with some of our other shows that we've done. Uh, that said... Uh, The episode title for the first episode is Kurehi, and it released on September 9th, 2001 on HBO. And if you want to go watch it, you can watch it with a subscription to HBO Max or with premium subscriptions to Hulu, YouTube TV, or Amazon Prime Video, and then it's also available for purchase on any of your video streaming platforms. Uh, And the following are the synopses for the show and the episode, respectively. Um, the story of Easy Company of the U.S. Army 101st Airborne Division and their mission in World War II Europe from Operation Overlord through VJ Day. And then the episode. Easy Company goes through training under the leadership of a captain who relentlessly pushes them to their limits, but may be a limited as a leader in the field. And it was created by Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. Um,
0: I don't now think those I two knew names, that it was created by them. Holy shit.
1: Yeah. Now, those two names might sound familiar no
0: um, they don't nobody knows who those guys are
1: small uh, time. that is because <laughs> they are very popular people and part of the reason that there was a ton of information about the background as i was looking up this show as a whole because normally i go into the background of the creator bo- or both of the creators and i talk about like You know what they've done with their lives, what they've done leading up to it, what they did a little bit after it, stuff like that. This time, I'm going to leave a lot of information out because there's way more information than necessary with both of these individuals. Mm -hmm. So starting with Tom Hanks, um, he was born in California in 1956. He studied theater at Shabbat College in Hayward, California, and he shortly after transferred to California State University, Sacramento, Um, And then while he was at California State University, Sacramento, he interned at the Great Lakes Theater Festival in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, which actually then stretched into a three-year experience, which covered most of the aspects of theater production and actually prompted him to drop out of college because he felt like he was learning more as part of this sort of internship um, or what started as an internship than he felt like he was learning in college. Um, And then he would eventually actually be named as one of Time Magazine's top 10 college dropouts, which I thought was just interesting.
0: That is. That's a weird but interesting fact.
1: Well, I mean, there you go. I mean, there's a lot of top college dropouts out there. But (laughs) anyway, so um, big time college dropouts. So I I didn't take too much other information about his early life. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about his acting career or where he began his career um he began he, sh- he moved to new york city in 1979 and then he actually made his film debut in a sh- in a slasher thriller called he knows you're alone and then after that in uh, 1980 he landed a starring role in the tv movie mazes and monsters so it didn't take long for him to get a starring role mm. after moving to new york city very good actor i kind of stopped Subbar. there cuz i wanted to <laughs> so far overrated um
0: never oh my god i i, I kind of
1: stopped there because i was like this this sh- i mean i love get, tom hanks yeah. great actor but this show isn't necessarily about his acting because this is he's not a even show where he was producer, uh, creator producer executive producer director so and i i looked creator. up more a little bit a little bit more about his producing and directing start um he uh, began his directing in the early 90s, um, or sorry, the mid 90s, uh, which was in 1996. And he made his directing debut with a, a film called That Thing You Do. And then he also went on to do some executive producing. Uh, he was a co writer and a co director on an HBO docudrama called From the Earth to the Moon, which was a 12 part series that chronicled the space program from its inception to the moon landing. Okay. So um, that that was probably the biggest thing where I felt fit into his experience with creating this show with Band of Brothers because it was very similar. It's based on historical evidence. It's uh, an HBO docudrama. It's a miniseries, all of the above. So he nice. had, had some experience and obviously he continued to do some acting and he would eventually go on to act in Saving Private Ryan, which he worked on with Steven Spielberg. Um, And that's where he had met Steven Spielberg, or at least maybe not met, but that's where he'd worked closely with Steven Spielberg for the first time. Um, So I guess this is a good transition to talk about Steven Spielberg, the other creator here. (laughs) And I planned it that way. Did you see See what I did there? I planned that transition. What a segue.
0: (laughs) This guy Um, out here. (laughs) <laughs> whole month <laughs> Look since at we've re- Look at this recorded, guy. and he's out here.
1: <clears throat> oh man! Anyways, so Spielberg was born in Ohio in 1946, and he has spent his whole life just in love with filmmaking. Uh, he grew up making short movies with with his friends. He actually earned his photography merit badge by creating a um, like a nine minute short film for his Boy Scout troop um, with with other uh, scouts, I believe. He wrote and directed his first independent film in 1963. So he was... I'm trying to do some quick math here in my head. 17 years old, just about. Um,
0: Good math, good math.
1: That was a 140-minute, so two-hour, 20-minute science fiction adventure, which was called Firefight. And that film would actually later become the inspiration for Close Encounters of the Third Count. So very interesting there. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, In the summer of 1964, he worked as an unpaid assistant at Universal Studios' editorial department. And uh, during his work at Universal Studios, they really liked him. And actually, in 1968, Universal gave him the opportunity to write and direct a short film for theatrical release. And the studio vice president, Sidney Scheinberg, was so impressed by that film. It was an award-winning film, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, I mean, it's Steven Spielberg. Well, they offered Spielberg a seven-year directing contract.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he became he became the youngest, like one of the youngest people ever to have a long term directing contract with a like high end Hollywood.
0: Studio. How old was he at that time? Uh
1: nineteen sixty eight, so twenty
0: four. God, can you imagine being twenty four and being I like, right yeah, I got seven <laughs> years planned out of directing shit,
1: and then um. I thought this was also interesting. A year after that, he dropped out of college to begin directing TV production. So he ex- obviously accepted the seven-year mm-hmm. contract. <laughs> so he's also a college dropout. I don't know. I didn't, it didn't read whether he was on top Time Magazine's 2010 top 10 college dropouts list. I mean, list. he
0: has to be, right? Like, there's no way he's been, not. Right?
1: I mean, there's a lot of successful college dropouts in there. You've got Steve Jobs, who's a college dropout. I believe Bill Gates was a college dropout. I'm not sure.
0: If, that, that if that's a question, I have zero ideas.
1: Um, Einstein was college dropout.
0: <laughs> um,
1: there's some. There's some pretty smart college dropouts. Pretty important college dropouts out there. Yeah, um, but if Tom Hayes is on that, that, that list. Then,
0: for God's sake, Steven Spielberg has to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe it was like, you know, number eight and number nine, but it was like kind of like <laughs> split, like eight slash nine. Like neither one of these <laughs> is better than the other. They're both awesome. They're both They're in the same kind of. They both work together all the time.
0: <clears throat> oh my god. That's hilarious.
1: Um so yeah, so uh Steven Spielberg, he he did not want to go to school in the first place. He he had reluctantly applied to USC's film school um when he was turned down due to his make- mediocre grades, and then he also reluctantly applied and then enrolled, I assume to the like um pressure of his parents or something like that, like some external pressure because yeah. the article I read was very clear that he did not want to go to college. He was not interested in academics at all. Um, but he did enroll at Cal State Long Beach, California State University Long Beach. Um, so that's that's where he dropped out of uh, when he got that contract from university. Isn't it
0: ironic though that he has a building named after him at USC now?
1: I don't know. I don't know if it's ironic, but
0: I mean, I you mean, apply to ironic. the school, I you say, get... I say get, that
1: it is ironic. <laughs> yeah. To you get rejected like, from the school. We rejected and you <laughs> because we didn't like your grades, but then you turned out to be a pretty good filmmaker, so here's a building.
0: <laughs> here's the building with your name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Colleges. Oh, um, and then, again... I was thinking about put like talking about his uh, work as a writer or director, but I feel like this isn't a podcast about Steven Spielberg, the writer and director.
0: That's true. So I don't want to go
1: into every movie he's written and directed, but it's a long, it's very a long list. popular Check list out of movies. IMDb. Check it out sometime. But I think the most relevant to this podcast was obviously his work with Tom Hanks on Saving Private Ryan, which became a sort of basis for his review or his kind of vision for um how he wanted to see band of brothers.
0: Okay. So it came out or, when did when did Saving Private Ryan come out?
1: Saving Private Ryan came out in ninety eight before this show. Okay. That's
0: it came out before the show for
1: I sure. I I, I mean, know it came I figured out before because the show, of the way you were talking about it, but it I just wanted, out. yeah.
0: I figured it came out before the show. I just, I wanted to yes. like, clarify. Anyway, continue. Yes, it was a. Uh, it did come out. I interrupted shortly, you so rudely. Like a few yeah.
1: years. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, I mean, you didn't really interrupt me. It was kind of it on Steven Spielberg before I was going to talk about the sort of production here. Yeah. Um. So, the production was huge for this show at the time. Band of Brothers was the most expensive TV production to have ever been made. And the budget for this show was $125 million, Woo. which is an average of $12.5 million per episode.
0: Damn. Wait, how's that? That's crazy. I, I feel like you probably didn't look this up, but if it, by some sheer shot that you did, does, how's that compared to uh, Game of Thrones? Do you know or no?
1: I have no idea, but yeah. I do know... Well, actually, I don't know when Game of Thrones came out. Do you know when Game of Thrones came out?
0: Um, I don't really.
1: But... Um, I was just going to say, I do know that the like the that that stat, that record, quote so to speak, was only beaten by what was actually Band of Brothers sort of sister show called mm-hmm. The Pacific, which came out in 2010. So I, I don't know when Game of Thrones came out. Um. But the record was broken in 2010 by a show called The Pacific, which was listed as a the sister show. But I don't quite know what that means. To oh, okay. Be
0: honest. The in the last season, each episode costs about 15 million dollars to produce. Yeah,
1: so that's that's more, but still, I mean, like this is 2001.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I don't this know is what 2019 that would was the Dude, final like, season, so it's like inflated. That, yeah. yeah. For sure. I don't know what either that would way. Be, like inflated. A lot of money. For a TV show, but again, it's a limited yeah. series, well, also, so it's like you kind of have to look at it as a movie, and the names you have on it are also huge.
1: Yeah, that budget, by the way, does not include the an like the additional fifteen million dollars that was allocated for a promotional campaign.
0: Wow, I mean, so you watch a show, it makes sense, like the money. was Yeah, know. No, I mean, use. it makes sense.
1: It was, it was, it wasn't like. What was, what's the biggest flop of all time? I mean The most recent one I can think of is Cats. It wasn't like Cats. It's not like <laughs> they spent a bunch of money and then lost it all. Yeah. Um, so this show, not that case. Very good from my understanding. I've only seen the first episode, mind you. But the, the, the budget was huge. Uh, Tom Hanks and his co-writer Eric Jenderson, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, they spent months months-on-months detailing the plot of each individual episode. Um, These are 55-minute to, like, hour-20-minute episodes. It varies. It's an HBO show. I guess that's how they do. Um,
0: (laughs) But, yeah, they spent months detailing
1: the plot of each individual episode. Um, And then Spielberg was kind of, like, he came in as, like, the final eye for the production. And, like I said before, he used Saving Private Ryan as a sort of basis for how he wanted to see the show. Um, and what he kind of compared it to, as far as what he wanted to see, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, the 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 show was shot in uh, England for the most part, um, in the same location as Saving Private Ryan, uh, at a place called the Hatfield Aerodrome, which is in Hertfordshire, England. Uh, the, but although the series also shot in locations such as Hambledon, which is where they shoot show the training, which is largely seen in the first episode. Um, and then it was also shot in Switzerland, which was uh, used to depict some scenes in Germany and Austria. Wow. Um, the biggest thing for me on this was the historical accuracy that they went or the the process they went to to get some historical accuracy in this show. Uh, they, the writers of the show, um, they conducted as much research as possible. Uh, and they even had like um, some of the actors get in contact with some of the people that they would be portraying so like they would call them on the phone and like talk to them about this about like them what what were they doing at this time like how would how should i be playing you on tv kind of uh which i thought was very cool they even had some veterans come to the production site to help them and they had a A consultant, which uh, was a retired U.S. Marine Corps captain who uh, he actually also served as a consultant on Saving Private Ryan, Nice. uh, which so a lot of connections to Saving Private Ryan in this case. Yeah. Um, But uh, that Marine Corps name was Dale Dye. He's actually in the show. I don't remember which character he plays because it said it on the thing that I read and I did not write it down. So that's on me. Um,
0: (laughs) So you're garbage at this job.
1: so I am garbage. This is true. Uh, but yeah, so they, they went through a lot of work to make this historically accurate. I will say that um, Tom Hanks, uh, shortly after the premiere, he asked Major Winters, the original Major Winters, uh, what he had thought of the show. Uh, and, and the Major responded, I wish that it would have been more authentic. I was hoping for an 80% solution. And Hanks told him, look, Major, this is Hollywood. At the end of the day, we'll be hailed as geniuses if we get this 12% right that's a direct yeah. quote. So I think also, that's that's a good sorry. quote. Uh, obviously it's not 100% historically accurate. It is hollywoodified, if yeah. you will. I made that word. Uh, up, uh
0: it's a perfect word. Uh Dale Dye was the main like uh overseer, the guy that like uh, I don't even know what his name is, but like he's not
1: like the guy who's in charge of David Swimmer.
0: Yeah, the guy who's in charge of David Swimmer. That's who Okay. David that's Dye what I is. thought,
1: um but I I couldn't remember his name or um, for sure, but thank you for clarifying that.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, he was also in Saving. I know you said he worked on Saving Private Ryan, but he was also appeared in it. In,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, he also cool. appeared in it.
0: Yeah. Colonel Robert F. Uh, Sink is who he played in Band of Brothers.
1: Gotcha. There you go. Um, and then just, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the show's reception. It received critical acclaim. Here's um, some quotes I've got here from CNN's Paul Clinton. Uh, He said that the miniseries is, quote, is a remarkable testament to that generation of citizen-soldiers. Philip French uh, commented that he had seen nothing in the cinemas this past year that impressed him as much as Band of Brothers. Um, And then I think the biggest thing, um, at least for me, is just the ratings uh, that the show premiered to around 10 million viewers. And the show's smallest audience, which was for its last episode, Actually, only received 5.1 million viewers, so about half. Um, and a big reason for that, which I'm about to talk about, is 9 11. So, because this wow, show. I didn't
0: even think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was, that was one of the first things that came to my mind when I was like, when I read the date, September 9th, 2001. Obviously, two days later, one of the worst yeah. um, historical moments in the history of this country, uh, September 11th, 2001. Um, and everything that happened that day, uh, it was just like crazy timing. The production team, they shut down all, um, sort of pro- like, uh, media sort of like, uh, promotional stuff for the show following nine mm-hmm. 11, everything was just kind of halted. So the fact that they, in my opinion, the fact that they still got 5.1 million viewers, for like even like through that just goes to show how good the production was to keep those people coming back Uh even despite um which the the final episode aired on november 4th 2001 so it had been not even two months since uh since the events of 9-11 um and yeah and i did look up i didn't write anything down but i did look up an article about uh about like what's what the critics had kind of said about the show before and after 9-11. And a lot of them had kind of said that they felt like it wasn't very, I don't want to say relevant, but um, they felt like it wasn't fairly accurate, or they they just felt like it was missing something. But then after the events of 9-11, a lot of things that were being portrayed in the show or in the first episode, which I, I should also mention that the second episode aired immediately after the first one. They, the, the episodes oh, one and two back? both aired on sem- September ne- September 9th, 2001. Okay. I just didn't talk. I just haven't talked about that second episode at all.
0: I didn't um, watch the second episode. I didn't realize that they aired back to back.
1: Yeah. It, I, I think it wasn't necessarily considered a full like two hour premiere episode. It was mostly considered a premiere and a second episode kind of mm-hmm. because they do have two different titles on yeah. the, on
0: and there's the no like to be continued thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Exactly. Got you. So, um, so there was more information than I've been given as far as watching the show that a lot of the critics have seen or, or had seen at the time. Uh, and so a lot of them felt after nine 11 that, you know, like they felt like much closer to home to this, um, to the events of this like sure. recollection of world patriotic. war ii and the yeah sort of patriotic feeling like wow i mean that's just like they praised spielberg following the events of nine eleven for what he was able to do with band of brothers versus prior to that they weren't i mean they weren't necessarily saying that it was bad but it was um yeah no, but it they, they as... felt
0: less accurate and historic yeah, yeah
1: exactly it so it didn't
0: hit as hard as it did Pre-9-11, it didn't hit as hard as it did post-9-11. Exactly. It's essentially what happened.
1: I just thought that that would be an interesting thing to talk about with um, the timing of the show. Uh, That's pretty much it. That's pretty much all I have. Obviously, normally I talk about the future of the show, but as I said, this is a miniseries. It only ran for the 10 episodes and then ended on November 4th, and that was it. So,
0: Did you do um, any research on the cast at all and how they got casted or no? All good if not. I I, I mean,
1: I... The, you know the. I thought about doing some intimate, the, some stuff about David Schwimmer, but that's the only thing. Um, like, because obviously most of the people that I at least that I'd seen not very recognizable, and even some of the critics reviews that I had read mentioned that most of the faces felt fairly an- anonymous. You know, going into the show, and that was kind of what they wanted.
0: Yeah, that's from what cool. I
1: from what I'd. Uh, gathered i i not i shouldn't say that that's what they wanted i read that but um they they wanted a group of guys who didn't look like they
0: they wanted your average Joe oh, your average yeah, soldier exactly,
1: because that's what they were right they were mm. just guys they were drafted kids into the war drafted a lot of them volunteered the out, right i mean yeah thats the other big thing about the airborne um that's told in the episode itself is that these guys volunteered they wanted to fight for their country this wasn't about just being drafted this was about um, fighting for your country and fighting to keep it safe, and so.
0: and that's like one of the things they say in the in the episode is he's like, yeah, That's yeah, one of the, these guys chose well, that's one this of the guys division at the beginning. Yeah, too. he's like the you chose this, especially because you you chose this one and to be in the airborne because you knew that the guy next to you would be trained properly to help you.
1: Yeah. Well, and even at the beginning, the guy there was one of the one of the veterans who said that. Um, There were guys that had uh, hung themselves because they they couldn't couldn't
0: be joined.
1: So just goes to show there's just a different time. I think he says as well. So, yeah, uh, Yeah. very, very interesting. So like, like I said, uh, like the average Joe kind of fits, you know, no real famous faces. I would say, I would say though, they are now how... like there's
0: a lot of people in that oh, yeah. show that are now very,
1: Oh yeah. You know, so well-known. many of them that I recognized a few people in particular, um, a couple, two actors in particular that I recognized, which both ended up being villains in the arrow um, <laughs> or on arrow. It's not the arrow, which I thought was interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, I, re- yeah, I recognize a few for sure. So, yeah, I mean, so, there's a later great episodes where like for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, anyway. Uh,
1: yeah, I two, will say um... though that I was, uh, I would be interested to know how people reacted to David Schwimmer, um, because Friends was so popular at the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, like True. Friends being popular
1: yeah. throughout the '90s, and then David Schwimmer shows up. I mean, he's like this like awkward dude in Friends, and he's
0: he's totally um, different, kind and... of like
1: quiet and reserved, and you know, he's, he barely gets a word in, <laughs> and now he's this super intense, um, like, uh, com- uh, is he a commanding officer in that? Right? I, uh, that right? I don't know if
0: the
1: military, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, I don't, I, you know what's so funny is even on IMDb, it doesn't say if uh, their rank uh, for their names, it just says their names, so I don't know. I don't know exactly Anyways, what his rank yeah, was.
1: To see this guy in charge, David Schwimmer, I would be interested to hear what, like, fans of friends would have said about the show.
0: Yeah, when it came when out. It came out.
1: What just specifically about David Schwimmer's performance?
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, do you sure. want to do some
1: Yes, let's do it. After you, so got my um my quote unquote favorite character, uh, best character. I don't know if best character is the right term. Yeah, um, but my favorite is Lieutenant uh, Lieutenant Winners. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I like the way that he treats his treats his guys yeah he seems because obviously he's he's the guy that he seems like he both knows when to be hard on them and when to like pull off the reins a little bit
0: yeah no i definitely i had a bouncing i had winters and then his friend nixon that you see him talk to a lot yeah um, I like both of them a lot, honestly. But Winners was the first choice just because he's such a good juxtaposition to uh, David Schwimmer's character. Yeah, that's true. It's um, just like, it, he, he's the cool concept of like, you don't have to be loud to be effective.
1: Right, yes, exactly. Um, And that being the case for my least favorite character was David yeah. Schwimmer's character. 100%. Even,
0: Herbert M. Sobel. I could
1: only ever think of him as... David Schwimmer. David. <laughs>
0: his I don't know his rank, but his name was Herbert M. Sobel.
1: Sobel, that's it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanna, he's just
1: like he was commanding officer. I want to say that they were calling Commander Sobel, but yeah, might be. I, well, I he also
0: gets promoted him, sure. in the episode, so it's like I don't know what he turns that's into true. when he gets promoted either. That's true. Um, but yeah, he he definitely, which is the point, right? It's like they want he's like we always fucking say a necessary evil true because it allows you to like without that juxtaposition of those two characters you can't possibly be invested in winters as nearly as much without having sobel like if winters is just there without sobel you like him but you're you're probably not as invested in him and you're probably not like yeah, I mean that. That's mostly just the. you yeah. I, I wouldn't be. Well, because then you don't, you, like you
1: said, you don't see the juxtaposition of somebody not winners leading this troop, right? Mm-hmm. Leading this battalion, you know, like with, with Sobel, you can see that okay, he's doing it this way, but this guy seems to be doing it, and a lot more guys seem to be respecting him for it than they're respecting Sobel.
0: Top and fact, I don't know. Just cracks under the pressure of actually being in combat. It
1: well, seems like a hypocrite almost, right? Like oh, yeah. he's pushing these guys and he's getting angry at the at all these guys and he's, you know, punishing them for doing things in training where it feels more like a superiority complex thing than actually training them.
0: But that's the crazy and thing then- to me about mil- like military stuff. At least then, especially because you were just trying to get guys in and trained and out. Is it's like how do you have commanding officers without them ever having been in any form of combat, which I know how, because it's, it's the time and how people were being recruited, but it's just also wild to me.
1: Right. So, yeah, it's very, uh, very, very interesting. I think, but Mm -hmm. he's definitely the, that necessary evil that you were talking about.
0: Yes, sir. All right. Do you have, um, do you have favorite a part? favorite moment? You want me to? You want me to do mine first?
1: Well, I I, I couldn't really think of one, and I was really? hoping that you would have one, no. and then I would I have uh, be able to piggyback off of that one.
0: Yeah, you can piggyback. Be like, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Me, me too. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, okay. So I like the part when they're all eating spaghetti, and it's like this happy, joyous moment. And like you know, as Winters is like standing there, like as they're eating, there's like a moment where you see his face after one of the chefs is like, man, these guys are really piling it down and you see his face and it's like, you're like, Oh, you know, Sobel's about to come in there and just ruin this for them. And then when they're actually on the run, when he like, Sobel comes in, he's like, all right, change of plans. We're doing the three mile run, three miles up, three mile down. And, uh, he's like yelling at them. And all of a sudden they start singing their, uh, their their platoon song is the only way I know how to call it. I don't know if all of them have that song or if it's the one they came up with, but when they start singing it and all of a sudden Sobel just like realizes like they just don't give a fuck about him anymore and they don't he can yell all he wants and they're going to just deal with it and it's fine. And I love that also Winters is running with them and just singing the song and they just have that moment, Sobel and Winters yeah. just have that like look and it's just like oh yes like you you wanted to instead of like doing what makes sense and giving your guys a break a mental break just for one day you're an asshole and you do this thing and winners is just there to support his guys and the guys are there to support each other it's just an, it's such a great scene
1: yeah yeah no, I, guess I, I agree that was a that was a good scene um i will say that i i did enjoy uh the just the the party scene at the end where they're all named, um uh, parachutists or paratroopers or whatever.
0: Paratroopers, yeah, yeah, that is a good scene. I like that. I scene. do
1: like that scene because then they actually get the the party, and yeah. they're not being told to like run off. And yeah, the guy they've, hands they've the, graduated. The guy hands the sergeant a beer.
0: Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is a good scene.
1: I just like because it's not, like it looks so we like weird like out of. It just feels so out of context almost because this whole time, you know, like if if that had happened to Sobel during any other time, obviously that would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. Him handing it, him just handing him a beer. I also really enjoyed the scene where they kind of uh, used Sobel's inexperience and like, like panic against him, oh, yeah. where they pretended to be <laughs> the major. Yeah. And um,
0: that was that was so good. And he falls for it because he's because he also is just like, instead of doing what you should do, which is go over there and actually see if it's your fucking commanding officer. He just falls for it. And it's just like, this is how you know that he's not going to last because he cracks under. Obviously, there's multiple things that lead up to it, but he just cracks under that pressure of like thinking that a commanding officer is telling him what to do. And he panics panics. like he's and that's not even a deadly situation. And that's why I love I mean, there's so many good scenes, which is exactly why I don't actually I don't have a least favorite part of this episode. There's nothing in this episode that I don't love. Everything is done so well and all necessary and all things that keep the story moving forward that provide character. Arc building and just all the things like there's no part of this episode that I don't like. I I could talk about the episode forever, but we've also been recording for 36 minutes, so we should try and wrap it up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, let's 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 wrap it up. Um, I I don't have a least favorite part either. Um, and so I guess the only thing left is the um good noodle stars, and I'd give it a six, maybe six and a half out of seven.
0: Yeah, I gave it, I might be biased, but I I gave it seven. Like it's just done so. I mean, it was really
1: good. Um, I, no the,
0: quarrels with it.
1: The only thing is just that, like, I'm just not a huge fan of army movies, TV shows, really anything of that nature.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: a huge fan of that kind of drama. That said, um, it still held my attention for like the full hour and 15 minutes, which is a long time for like an episode of a TV show, yeah. Um, especially you know, like for something you're not a huge fan of. Like it, yeah. it held my attention. I was fairly invested in this group of guys by the end. And um you know, I mean, will I watch the rest of it? Probably not, but that doesn't mean that it's not good, right? That's yeah. that just means that I'm just a different very tastes. different taste. But like I said, yeah, I mean if it if it wasn't like if it was just an like if it was just a good, not a great, but if it was just a good army show i would probably give it like a four and a half or a five only because it doesn't appeal to like more audiences mm-hmm. outside of those that would enjoy this or that wouldn't enjoy this um type of show you know what i mean yeah am i yeah, phrasing so- that weird
0: no you're not phrasing it weird. no it makes sense
1: so but in this case i'm giving it a higher one like a six and a half um or a six
0: yeah well, like for me, it it it's like you, you're saying you probably won't watch the rest, of it. and I'm like, oh, after we record this, I might go watch the second episode. Like that's, and I've already seen the whole thing. I just, it's so, it, to me, it's so good, yeah. and the episodes are so long, and I watched it like, you know, three years ago. Now is the last time I watched this show, so it's like I, it's enough time to want to watch it again and experience mm-hmm. it again for me. I but again, different tastes. We, I like different that tate. stuff.
1: Different strokes.
0: My brother's always been into military movies and that kind of stuff. And uh, through that, so have I.
1: All right.
0: Cool. Cool. All right. So moving on to my show now. Yes. Okay. All right. (laughs) Just like that transition
1: would sound (laughs) so weird.
0: (laughs) It really would. I don't even know how we just ended the last recording, but it's fine. Get
1: done talking about Band of Brothers and then start speaking in a German accent. <laughs> like, we didn't just talk about how, like, horrible World War II was.
0: Oh, uh, That'd be great. Might use it. TBD. Might use um, it. Who knows? Uh, okay. No, but for reals, uh, moving on to my show, MASH. What do you know about the show MASH?
1: Um, I, I, I had heard of this show before, unlike Band of Brothers. Um, my sister was a fan, or is a fan of the show, so she... Really?
0: Kennedy? What? Yeah. That's shocking. Anyway, continue.
1: Um, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like a medical drama, sort of. And she's a fan of medical yeah. dramas. Anyways, um, and uh, I knew there was a military show, but that was apparently when I changed I didn't know it was a medical drama, I should say, until I watched it, or like mm-hmm. a medical like based military show. So yeah. I, I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but um, but yeah, I didn't know much. I never know much.
0: <laughs> didn't know much. I never know much. My life is a well, lie. Well, just seems to be the
1: case um, with a lot of these shows, other than like the ones that I suggest.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you know it is what it is. It's fine. You're dumb. It's fine. This is why we do this. We learn new things. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I didn't. I knew about Mash because my grandma liked Mash and so and then i found it on hulu one day it's kind of crazy to me that kennedy knew what Matt just because of its time the time it came out like it came out in 1972 like that just shocks me but right. also kennedy likes uh what is that show doctor no what's the mm. what's the the fucking british one the time traveling british guy doctor who yeah she watched time traveling so. british guy <laughs> that's uh what i know uh no but she uh, she's unique she likes interesting shows it just kind of took
1: she's an interesting
0: one <laughs> she's interesting no but it uh, like the more i think about it the less it surprises me it just it shook me for yeah. a moment anyway yeah i mean that's pretty much it so superlatives All right. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: favorite character um
0: uh, no go okay All right, so obviously I did the show MASH. Uh, The pilot episode is titled Indeed Pilot. Um, It came out in September 17th. It came out September 17th, 1972 uh, on CBS. You can watch it on Hulu with a subscription, and it's also for purchase on Amazon, and there's reruns on various channels on TV, but I don't have TV, so Um, yeah. Quick question. Mm -hmm.
1: When I looked it up, uh, it said it was available on Hulu with a premium subscription.
0: We don't have premium. Oh, do you have uh, premium?
1: Google just Google just fucking lied to me. What did you watch it? On? No, I just I just I just bought it for two bucks on oh. Amazon Prime. Um, because I was like, oh, I don't have a premium subscription on Hulu. That but was. A... Are you sure you don't
0: have a premium subscription on Hulu? Yeah, we just have the normal subscription.
1: Well, when it says premium subscription, that means that like a subscription with. Um, some sort of TV show like like no, HBO we, we don't add-on
0: have. or something like that. We don't have that on there. We just have HBO on its own. Hmm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, Google Google just lied to me then. Sorry, go on.
0: Google's a liar. I
1: spent $2 for no reason. Sorry, buddy. Fucking, I want my $2 back,
0: Google. You should have texted me. Damn. No, That's I should have right. texted Google. Oh, uh, no, because you <laughs> did that and couldn't uh, figure it out from there. Um, okay. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, it's on Hulu with a subscription and for purchase on Amazon. And then the creator's names are Gene Reynolds and Larry Gelbart. The series synopsis is, The staff of an army hospital in the Korean War find that laughter is the best way to deal with their situation. And the synopsis is, The swamp's Korean houseboy, Hojeon, Hojan is accepted to attend a school at Hawkeye's alma mater. The camp raises money to send Hojan to Maine by raffling a weekend in Tokyo with a nurse, much to the chart. I almost said chagrin, much to the chagrin of hot lips and burns. So seventies that, that, that synopsis. So seventies. So seventies. No. Anyway. So the creator's history, uh, Eugene Reynolds, uh, Blumenthal, uh, he his screen name, his uh, entertainment name doesn't have his full name. It's just Gene Reynolds. Uh, he was born in April of 1923 in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, but he was actually raised in Detroit before his family moved to Los Angeles in 1934. So around when he was 11. And then not long after their family moved to Los Angeles, Gene actually went into acting and got his screen debut in a uh, movie called I our gang short washy irony It's a really weird name but it's also the 30s so. our
1: gang short washy iron yeah it's weird it's that it's the 30s no that makes perfect sense
0: <laughs> the 30s um he went on to appear it's in the several- great depression it's the great depression it's fine um, he went on to appear in several films and TV shows. Most notably, he appeared in *I Love Lucy*, *Captain's Courageous*, and often played the younger versions of film star of the film stars characters, such as Ricardo Cortez in the 1937 *The Californian* movie. Um, it's just called *The Californian*, not *The California Movie*. I worded that weird. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> yeah, No, nah, don't weird. worry. I, I picked up on it. Yeah, pick up, pick up what I'm putting down. I'm anyway. Putting down <laughs> So he went on to work in several films, and then he actually went on to serve in the United States Navy during World War II. And he worked in film all the way up from the age of 11 until he was recruited into the United States Navy. He then he was in that for the bulk of World War II, and then he returned to Los Angeles at, uh, right after he got out of the army. He became frustrated with not being able to land leading roles when he came back to the film industry and just in general wasn't liking the progression of his acting career after he'd been gone. So he decided to actually go into directing when he got back. He worked on shows such as Leave It to Beaver, The Andy Griffith Show, and My Three Sons. So he was able to use the connections he had made as an actor to get like directing roles, but he was not able to really get any more acting roles. So he kind of completely left the acting side of the industry and went into directing. And then he eventually adapted. he adapted. Exactly. Um sure, I'm eating so you're fine. fine. No worries.
1: I figured this wouldn't be a good episode if I wasn't eating during your talking. So
0: true. True. Um anyway, so he went on to directing did those shows and then in 1957 he joined forces with Frank Gruber and James Brooks to create Tales of Wells Fargo for an NBC which it ran for 6 seasons and he uh, he wrote and directed on that show for the entire like not all of the episodes but episodes throughout uh each season I'm going to move on to Larry Gelbart now um mm-hmm the other the co-creator of the show so larry Gelbart was born in february of 1928 in chicago illinois where he lived until 1943 when his family moved to los angeles his father was actually a barber he was an apprentice barber since the age of 11 um, and he did that in chicago with family in chicago until 1943 when they moved to los angeles uh he started working in as a barber in a beverly hills uh barbershop don't ask me which one i don't know um, and he actually what, made, you it don't a, know
1: every Beverly Hills barbershop,
0: especially not one that was open in 1943. Wow. Um, he made it a point though, when he point. was working as a barber to tell his clients about his extremely funny 15 year old son. And through that process of his father basically being an unofficial agent for him, Larry actually became a professional comedy com- comedy, a professional comedy writer before graduating high school. Um, wow yeah so impressive it was very impressive and he was very talented like it's it's yeah his story's really cool um he got his start on the show duffy's tavern um and then went on to write for the joan davis show while he was actually uh on the joan davis show he got uh recruited recruited or drafted i guess um into the army where he worked for the armed forces radio during his time in the army, he wrote for the army's command performance and also continued to write for Joan Davis. So he did he did both while in the army, and he was able to. Wow,
1: yeah, that's that's impressive.
0: Yeah, um, and then after one year and eleven days, he was honorably discharged with the rank of sergeant, and then he was able. I guess some something I read said that the eleven days that he did that ele- extra eleven days kept him from being drafted into the Korean war which is wild to me. Hmm. Um I don't know how there that wasn't is. really yeah I don't know the spe- the specificity of it but
1: if you do know uh drop a comment. Wait. <laughs> Wait. This is a YouTube video.
0: This is not a YouTube video. Um call us because but... you probably have our number if you're listening to this. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> call us cuz our fan base is mostly people with our personal phone numbers. Um no but yeah, so I don't know why that stopped him from being recruited into the, or drafted into the Korean War, but it did. Uh, after his army career preceding it, he went on to write for Jack Carson and Bob Hope for both radio and television. And then in 1953, he actually went on to be a staff writer of the TV show of the, sorry, this is a weird name for the shows, of the of TV's Your Show of Shows, where he won a Sylvian award and two Emmy awards. I don't actually know what the Sylvian award was. I was going to look it up, but I kind of forgot. I got, I got sucked into more of the research. Wow. I know. Wow. I know. After that, he went on to write for theater where he wrote several plays, none as successful as his musical, A Funny Thing, happened on the way to the forum for which he won a Tony award. And then after it, that show's time on Broadway, it actually moved to London where he followed it. And he lived in London for nine years, writing for uh, various plays, movies, and BBC shows. Now we get into how they actually came up with the idea for MASH and how these two play into it. Um, so MASH was actually an adaptation of the 1970s, the 1970 movie Robert cheese uh, Louise the 1970 Robert Altman movie MASH which turned it which was in turn also an adaptation of Richard Hooker's 1968 novel MASH a novel about three army doctors which he wrote after which uh Richard Hooker wrote after his own experiences as a wartime army surgeon during the Korean War so that's how MASH the concept of MASH got just put into the world of wanting to make it it was a it was a book based on a guy's experiences during the korean war and then they made robert altman made a movie out of it in 1970 and apparently i read something that they tried to make a spinoff of the movie drop out we'll know why (laughs) they wanted to make a spinoff of the movie and like they didn't even get into production it failed i guess the concept of it was weird and then the show got picked up by uh cbs um, well, actually, sorry, the show was produced or the movie was produced by Fox. It was a 20th century Fox show and Fox uh, worked with CBS to create the sorry. It was a 20th century Fox movie. And then Fox worked with CBS to create the show. Gotcha. Um, I don't know specifically how uh, Gene Reynolds was brought onto the project. Everything I looked up, I couldn't find why they chose him. What if he was the one that was like, we should adapt it. I I have no idea. Truly. Um, he had worked, I think this year's show of shows was with CBS. And so that's how he knew people at CBS. So that could be a connection as to why they wanted him to come on and do, um, do this show. But I don't know for sure. But what I do know is that he brought on Gelbart to be a part of it. So Reynolds was already on it. He was like, I need to bring on Larry Gelbart. So Reynolds at the time, Gelbart was still living in London. And so Reynolds Uh, and him were longtime friends, he decided to visit him in London to attempt to develop the show. And during that time, they'd spent many hours, just pretty much every day for a week of just talking about what the story could be about, how the scenes could look, what the show could look like in general, when... He felt satisfied with their discussions. He returned to L.A. And then a few weeks later, he called Galbart asking when he could be on the lookout for a script in the mail. And Galbart was like, well, it's in the mail. And it was funny because this is a quote from an article. He said, it's in the mail. And that's when Gelbart sat down to actually write it. <laughs> so he told him it was in the mail, but he hadn't actually written it yet. But I guess he wrote it in like a week span, like he wrote the first couple scripts or something like that. He's thinking ahead. Yeah. Smart he's um, but like,
1: he's, nah, it's nah. already in the mail.
0: It's in the mail. You'll Don't get worry it about soon. it. Exactly. So, I mean, he was in this is at a point in both these guys careers where th- they're already so well established that it wasn't really hard to get And the, the the network wanted to do it. And it wasn't anything that had to be greenlit, really. And Gelbart was already well known as a very genius comedic writer. So kind of going into like obstacles that they had with like creating this pilot and that kind of thing. The first episode that aired struggled against ABC's wonderful world of wonderful world of Disney. Um, that was like the same. It was on at the same time, it aired at the same time. Um, and that would remain true for the whole first season of the show. The thing about this show in general is that they were doing something no one in television had yet to do. It, they introduced an entirely new genre dramedy which is kind of you asked if it was a drama or comedy um and it it's a dramedy it's something that existed that didn't exist prior to this wow. show um yeah That's which cool. is why it's we've done a lot
1: of dramedies on this podcast
0: uh-huh and like it's something that people just in all honesty, America just didn't really take notice and care about it because it didn't fit the form of what shows were doing back then. And it became, I mean, obviously it became a huge success. Um, it, I think it some note I read was like the season f- like or the series finale was like aired to over 10 million people or something crazy like that, um, which for 19 at this time, it would have been like 1983 is a lot of people. hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so going back to kind of obstacles that they had, their whole first season was kind of rough as far as like views and ratings and that kind of thing. And the network really wanted um Reynolds and Gelbart to lighten their portrayal of the show, such as not losing patience ever which it's a medical show uh, in, during a war. It's kind of a big ask. Minimizing blood and using laugh tracks outside of the operating room is something that the network really wanted to do. But like I said earlier, Reynolds and Gilbart were well enough into their careers that they were like, you know what? We have the leverage. We're going to do it our way or we're not going to do it at all. So take it our or way. leave it. Or, or the, the, the no, our, no, our, way. Our our way. way. Exactly yeah exactly yeah uh, exactly um by the <laughs> exactly <laughs> by the end of season one though uh they were still skeptical thing the ratings weren't great they didn't know if they were actually going to get renewed for a season two um i don't know how often they do this anymore but back then they used to do uh season parties like end of season parties and uh alan alda who's in the show actually like talked like there's a quote where he's like, "No, what if this is the last time I see you guys? Because I, who knows if we get renewed?" Um, that's how like much they didn't think the show was gonna get renewed, and wow. in all in all honesty, everything I read is it probably wouldn't have been renewed had it not been for Babe Paley, who was the then wife of CBS co of CBS founder William S. Paley, who. You know, she supposedly saved the show by telling her husband that MASH could be the next crown jewel, could be the crown jewel for the network. And that was enough influence for them to renew it for a second season. And that was all she wrote. It became a huge success, the most polarizing and successful show to television history to do what it did, um, f- especially for the time that it did it. So. And yeah.
1: How long did it run? How many seasons?
0: 11 seasons, 11 which is seasons. longer than yeah. something I found a note of. It was longer than the actual Korean War. So <laughs> <laughs> it was a show about doctors in the Korean War that lasted longer than the Korean War. That's that's funny. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because exactly. the
1: Korean War ended after eight years.
0: Something like that.
1: I'm not I'm not a big war history buff, let's, so let's, let's I look, apologize if I'm just. B.S.ing my way through a lot of these wars, <laughs> war things that I'm talking about.
0: Uh um, oh no, the Korean War was only three years, fifty to fifty-three. Wow, see,
1: yeah, see, look, I was way off.
0: Yeah,
1: um, eleven-season show about a war that lasted um, three, last years. three
0: years exactly. Um, after
1: you think after the third season, they were like, "What are we doing should next? We,
0: should we end it? <laughs>
1: do we do we do this on a different war now or
0: right? Yeah um, but each one, I don't think each season is a full year, though. That's the thing.
1: I mean, that's fair. Um, I do have a question. Mm-hmm. Did this show, like, not take place, but like timing of the show? What, what, what is it like in relation to the Vietnam War?
0: Uh. Because
1: I don't know when the Vietnam War happened either.
0: <laughs> Google is our friend. Uh, Vietnam War. I mean, wow, this is technically saying the... Vien- I don't know enough about the Vietnam War because it's saying it was from 1955 to
1: 1975. So it began 20 years during the Vietnam War.
0: Yeah, it started during the Vietnam War. The fall of Saigon was on April 30th, 1975. Yeah, so the Vietnam War was still going on during the beginning, the first yeah, few I seasons wonder if of they the ever had
1: like, any um, thought of maybe just like like fast forward i don't think so
0: because of the fact that this was based off of two other things two 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 other successful you know what i mean yeah um one thing i just wanted to say that i didn't say is that mash stands for mobile army surgical hospital by the way that's that's why there's like the star the asterisk in between them Right. In between the letters. That's,
1: well, that's why it's pronounced M asterisk A No, no. H- stop. Real, like, like hardcore fans like myself definitely know it, as that. it like that. That's definitely <laughs> how it's pronounced.
0: Yeah. I want to Mashed. talk about the actors I real quick. call it that? This is potatoes. Oh, my God. Go back to eating. Um, <laughs> No, but the actors Uh, just I wanted to touch on kind of how the oh. actors were made. It's not into the mic, you dink. I'm going to mute you. I swear to God. <laughs> Um, no so just some notes on the actors Reynolds had known Alan Alda who played Hawkeye in the show he knew him from his theater work in New York and never even asked him to test for the role because he truly believed that when he saw him he found he he was Hawkeye there was no part of him that didn't think he wasn't Hawkeye um, Alda loved the script immediately but was still skeptical and then when he was reassured of the show's intentions he, he signed on to be Hawkeye um, and then some of the other actors came just from all walks of television, film and theater. Loretta Switt, a.k.a. Major Margaret Hotlips Lips Houlihan, came from an episodic TV show. Larry Linville, a.k.a. Major Frank Burns, came from a play at the Mark Taper Forum. McLean Stevenson, uh, a.k.a. Lieutenant Colonel... Henry Blake came from a direct CBS recommendation. So that's kind of a cool thing to me It came from a direct network person. And then Wayne Rogers, who uh, was uh, Captain Trapper John McIntyre, uh, which was Hawkeye's right hand guy in the first episode um, and through his entirety of the show, uh, was one of six candidates that actually tested for the show in general. He was by far the most colorful and won the role hands down. But interestingly enough, all of those candidates tested for Trapper and Hawkeye because at the time, Alda had not officially signed on. Once Alda had signed on, mm-hmm. um, they put Rogers in the role of Trapper and the two immediately had like a, a great chemistry of friendship. Nice. Um, you, that you was kind of all she went. Right? Like so. Yeah, exactly. You but know, that.
1: Um, uh, fun fact that I just made up, Alan Alda yeah. actually played Hawkeye in the 1970s version of the Avengers.
0: <laughs> I knew you were going to fucking say something like that. Oh, my God, I knew it. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, that was just like I thought that was kind of cool about the actors. I, I haven't had a lot of uh, shows where the actors have interesting um, comings. And it was kind of the one of the interviews I read had a lot about how they got a lot of the actors. So it's cool. Yeah, that's the that's the show that's all she wrote um some other shows that came out actually around this time which we kind of forgot to do in years but some of the shows that came out around this time were samford and son the bob newhart show mod and the price is right um
1: the anyway. reason that i didn't do it with mine by the way is because um the the thing that i talked Limited about that happened series. at the same time was oh, 2000 yeah. was the september 11th thing
0: yeah true um
1: Fair that enough. was the big event that was happening at the same
0: time as true true true
1: it's yeah, still yeah. coming out so i thought that would take that place
0: that's fair enough reference. that makes sense anyway superlatives. Um,
1: yeah, price is right my favorite military sitcom
0: i mean it's still um, on it came out in 1972 and it's still on
1: greatest military sitcom of all time okay shut um
0: up. <laughs> superlatives uh
1: <laughs> go for it favorite part favorite character no, favorite, ca- favorite character,
0: character. I, I said either uh Captain Walter Radar O'Reilly which was the like right hand guy the like assistant dude oh so yeah <laughs> the main main guy who was like just, just always predicting his stuff but he's always getting yelled at or or Hawkeye honestly they were I liked them both so much and Hawkeye obviously he's like the main dude so he's a lot easier to to like and he's a very likable guy but I just I loved Radar he was so funny
1: Radar's funny um I do like Hawkeye uh but I, I like trapper
0: yeah i think that's fair trapper
1: i think mean, trapper was my favorite character just because you know it's you know just because he would always come in right at the right time and just give that like give like a one-liner mm-hmm. that's what i liked about his character
0: yeah he's never wrong that's fair i like it um never and then time
1: to have trapper <laughs> coming out of nowhere
0: true it's like the witty best friend. Those are always the best. Exactly.
1: Love the witty best friends. Yeah.
0: Um. And then my least favorite character, worst character I picked as Major Frank Burns, which is the other doctor uh, who they consistently butt heads with that they like sedate so that they can have yeah. their party.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, uh, probably, though, another necessary evil, as we
0: call them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have yeah. to. Yeah. Every, every fucking every show needs narrative one. needs every. We narrative. always pick them. You always pick him. No, but he is. I they mean, hot lips, they are hot lips was up there for me, but she's not as much a pain in the ass as him. Like he is just an absolute. And what's funny is like what I love about this dynamic of the show is that Hawkeye and Trapper and even the one lieutenant who comes in or lieutenant or made, I don't even actually know what he is. Uh, I can't remember what he is, but the one guy that comes in that is going to court martial them even says that they're the best surgeons he's ever seen. And Mm -hmm. Burns isn't even on that list of like good surgeons. So it's just like funny to me that he has, he may might outrank them in certain respects. Well, he does not in certain respects. He fully outranks them as far as the military goes, but he's not a better doctor. And that's what they're there for is they're they're there to be surgeons. Like as much as they're in the military and they do have to follow orders, they're also there to be surgeons and save people's lives. So. And they do. And they do. Uh, did you have a favorite part? Do you want me to? Do um, that? I think
1: I think my favorite part was at the very end when they announced the winner, and it's the father, the priest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because like uh the the woman I don't even remember her name.
0: Hot lips uh, or the other nurse? No, not
1: hot lips. The other hot nurse. Yeah. Um, uh, who's supposed to go on the trip? And she's like, I don't know how you're gonna get me out of this one. Mm-hmm. And it's rigged, and you think it's gonna be him. You think it's are yeah. gonna call Hawkeye. Uh, Hawkeye, but it ends up being uh, a father. father. So she, yeah. like obviously,
0: obviously, he's not, uh, nothing's gonna it, happen. So. With him, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do think that's
1: a funny because I love his love, the look on his face. He's like he's, he's like like smiling. He's like ready to yep. root for whoever won, and then he's like, oh, like a classic Tim Allen. Classic, yeah. as Timmy except for man before Taylor. Tim Allen? <laughs> yeah, but like. No, yeah, I, know. I know. That's my comparison.
0: I know. Um. Yeah, no, I like that part. But I also love when they're asking the lieutenant colonel for permission to do the party. And like they come in so like ready to go. He and he's like, oh, that's a good idea. Like, this seems like a, like a really cool thing. They're trying to raise money for this kid to go to college in America. And then he just goes, why don't I trust you? And they just respond because we're not trustworthy. But he's like, that doesn't actually <laughs> like, phase him. He's like, I know that they're going to do what's right. Like, I know that the, they're not going to take the money. Like, that's not what he doesn't trust them for. You know, like, he doesn't trust them because he's worried about what the party might have, like what might happen to the party right, or something yeah. like that. But he's not worried about their intentions for what they're going to do with the money.
1: Why don't I trust you? Because we're not trustworthy. Because we're not that's trustworthy.
0: The point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just love, I love that part. Did you have a non favorite part?
1: Um not a least favorite part to that episode, yeah. Um
0: It's a very, I mean, it's a short particularly. episode
1: particularly. It's short. Yeah. It's short. I mean, especially in comparison to I mean, it's almost an hour shorter compared to the other show yeah. we did. Um I'm just trying to think like
0: if I'm being honest, I don't have one either. Like, yeah, I, I these don't are think two I have really one. good it's... episodes of like introducing you to the characters. Everything has a point. All of the scenes are giving you development, and regardless of story or character, you get something. Well, it's out like of they favorite. never get
1: they never get caught,
0: right? Like they yeah. get
1: caught, but like like even at the point where they get caught, it's like they're still getting quote unquote away with it by when um, they
0: planned that that's you know, my because, favorite part is they right, knew that they, was they gonna happen it for
1: right when they get back so it's like like the like normally you'd say like oh it's the part where this the so and so the officer whatever would berate them for doing something wrong and you know like they wouldn't they'd have to like you know be the for the yeah. bad guy yeah, yeah, to yeah. be the bad guy right like that's kind of like for the antagonist to be the yeah. antagonist, that's the scene that you expect, that you expect to be the, your least favorite.
0: Yeah. But those, in yeah. this
1: episode, there's no real part of that episode where Frank
0: Burns, Major Burns,
1: is Major Frank Burns?
0: It's Major um, Frank Burns, but the guy Mr. who like Mr. catches Burns them the is time. a totally Mr. Burns. Um, no, the, But the guy that they bring in, I can't remember his name. That's a different dude altogether.
1: Yeah, that dude. But, but there's still like, there's no real part where the antagonist
0: well and that comes back to the whole concept of like you know yeah well and it comes back to the whole concept of he's like we're not here like we're here to save lives like it's what alan alda says in that moment of like listen you can arrest us but right now we're short staffed and we need to save those kids lives like it's not their fault that we that we threw a party so it's like it's just there's no parts in this in this episode where you need that because at the end of the day that is war right like th- right, that's no, something they do that they respect the concept of like this is a comedy but it's also it's a drama it's a there's a reason it's a dramedy because if this were a comedy they get caught something goofy happens and they get out for some free bail in a, a you know a, a normal sitcom comedy but yeah that's not what this is this is still a wartime dramedy that mm-hmm. you get that taste in that moment where they're about to be court-martialed. So, yeah. I don't have any least favorite parts.
1: Yeah, me neither. Word. Noodle stars. Down uh, again, another six, six and a half out of seven for me. Yeah, seven for me. It's just a little Hardcore old, you know. A little, See, but it little didn't, outdated. That didn't,
0: it didn't feel like that to me, in all honesty. Like, obviously, there's small parts that do, but, like, when you get into the show, it doesn't feel like it to me.
1: There there are parts and I think it's the parts where they're in the surgery room where they've got like the masks on, where I think that they um it sounded a little bit like they were doing a voiceover rather Eh, than recording their audio.
0: Yeah, that's fair. They probably didn't have technology to I don't Um, know what technology like as far as lavaliers and that kind of stuff existed in seventy two. I don't know how good it was that they could have gotten quality audio underneath.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what what it would have been like that's what it, that's just what it sounded it sounded like to me that they were doing a voiceover yeah um, that's fair I mean, that's the only thing i think of that's that's not necessarily what takes away the half point i think what takes away the half point is just that a lot of it feels a bit random and maybe it's the fact that like you watch this drawn out or i i had just watched band of brothers and i, yeah, watched, I watched this episode first. second
0: oh yeah see I, I flipped mine i watched mash first and then band of brothers
1: Yeah. So like, like you're watching this and every scene is, is played out like perfectly. And that transitions are like, like there's, there's a full, like,
0: I mean, the production value is
1: right? Obviously production value, very different for these two. Yeah. Um, but like, that's, that I think might be, that's, that's why I'm saying, I think that might be causing me to see this see it this way but it just feels Mm -hmm. like it jumps from scene to scene so quickly but obviously that's going to happen between a 20 minute episode i mean yeah that's something we've talked
0: about with an hour and 15
1: minute episode
0: yeah we've talked about that a lot in general Mm -hmm. but but just shows we've so yeah is that sometimes it just but no still a fan
1: still a fantastic show it made me laugh um not something which i was actually expecting i was expecting it to be like like a lot of old comedies, they were funny at the time, but they just kind of lose their humor. Yeah, and they're just not evergreen. Like... What?
0: They're not evergreen. What does that mean? Evergreen is the concept of something that lasts in any given time. It, oh. work, it works at any time. Hmm. Like if you look like an evergreen. I've never heard evergreen. that word before, but I like it. Oh, yeah, it's I like, like a, yeah, it's a good term. It's like a um, book that's yeah, evergreen so- or something.
1: To your point, it's not, I, I wasn't expecting it to be evergreen, but there were, I, I enjoyed it, like the situational humor of it all, Um, it, it lasts, I think, that's, mm-hmm. and uh, that's, I mean,
0: that's, that's hard to do, what, that's, that's a huge testament to, to the writing, and the ability to make that something that,
1: these two 20
0: something year olds, almost, I mean, what, this was in 72, 50, almost 50 full, 49 years later, right? 20 something yes. year olds forty nine years later can still laugh and in a little bit way relate to it. That's crazy. That's that's a well, huge I
1: mean that's just the writing of situational humor like in any like the ability to write situational humor is impressive to me in general because you you know, like you can write lines, you can write jokes, like mm-hmm. but that's not what lasts. Well I mean, and that's you, like you a Sorry, go ahead. like the Simpsons jokes when like going back like Family Guy and the Simpsons jokes um, on the on that episode that we did on those first episodes they like sometimes they're just one liners and they don't hit because that's all they are like they're just written jokes and obviously mm-hmm. that's they tell their jokes very differently
0: and they're so and, in, in the time they're so based on what's relevant at right the they're based
1: on what's relevant at that point in time whereas situational comedy is like you know, like you empathize with the characters on the screen, so you understand the situation they're in, and that's what makes it funny, and that's good writing. Like the ability mm-hmm. to do that well just impresses me beyond compare.
0: Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's well done. It's both of these shows are so good in their own rights. They just both do. Yeah. They're hard they're,
1: to compare and contrast because they are. obviously they're very different types very of different. shows.
0: Very different. The Um, one thing that we I can say that is that is comparable, and this is something that happens every now and then with us, is that the creators of each show are well into their careers by the time they're creating these shows. Yes, and so they they both have the right to stand out in the way that they can because the creators have the uh, the notches on their belt to to be able to stand up for what they want to do.
1: Yeah, that, when they have the, that is
0: noticeable. the
1: sort of um, professional leeway that if this fails, it's not going to be backlash. It's not going to be detrimental to their career. Yeah, you know, like exactly. they've done enough leading up to this that if this thing fails, there's not like they can fall on the rest of what they've done with their career and move forward. Whereas exactly. if somebody at the beginning of their career did that, very hard to come back from because you need that exposure
0: yeah exactly so it's just that's i think of other than them both the reason we chose them which are both wartime shows um i know honestly when when i chose these because i know you didn't really i wanted to do something that had to do with war um and i know Mm -hmm. i really wanted to do both of these shows and i didn't really think they would work together um especially because i didn't think about the fact that band of brothers is a limited time series but in all honesty like when we talk about it it's like you can find something to compare and contrast about both of them so easily and yeah. it's just they're both just done so well in their own rights and they both you know did something for Their audiences that probably hadn't been done before, which is, you know, for Band of Brothers, it came out at a time that something horrible in our nation's history happened. And
1: before anybody knew about it, right? Before the the show was was shot and ready to be released.
0: Exactly. It's not
1: like nobody could have seen that like exactly. shit coming
0: and it but it's still provided an escape for people to feel patriotic and feel good and, and remember what you know what kind of has happened in the history of this country mm-hmm. and i didn't what um been i didn't mention this uh
1: and i apologize i just sort of interrupted you but no it's i fun. didn't mention this at the time but uh i should say that the second episode or the third episode technically for band of brothers came out um just a week later they didn't put any delay on the release date so it came out september 9th and september mm-hmm. 16th 2001 okay. um the second episode the viewership only dropped to seven point one million viewers or something like that seven and a half million the
0: actual second episode then. on the on the initial they yeah, get the third you're episode you're talking about whatever
1: yeah okay are the, you talking yeah, about when the i was third? looking up the when i was looking up the viewership the ratings Mm-hmm. first and second episode are listed as exactly the same. So okay. that leads then, me to believe that they are presented as the one episode that night
0: kind yeah. of thing. But in, in regards to the actual episodes per season, you're talking about the third episode. Yes, exactly. Okay, thank you. So the
1: third episode released a week after the first two. Mm-hmm. Um, so five days following the events of September 11th, seven and a half million people still tuned in to watch that episode. Yeah.
0: I mean, because that's at the end of the day, that is what the that's what i love about working in the film industry it's film industry tv anything like like that any kind of escape i mean you can even say that about streaming it's like it's an escape from what you have going on in your life it's an escape and regardless of if it feels heavy or not it is something that you can give an hour half an hour two hours of yourself to and just sit there and yes experience something that you may not otherwise have gotten to experience
1: that is my love of movies, television, books, 100%. video games, all of that stuff. Like, I know that there are people out there who say that, like, you know, movies are a waste of time. They don't, I, I honestly don't understand that argument. Like people who say that, like, oh, it's like, I hate, like fantasizing about these things that are so unrealistic. Like, why? Why do you hate unrealism? Like the why like you patterns of realism? I, I play video games. I watch movies. I read books. I don't read People read books <laughs> to get away from the realism of the world. Like, yeah, that's why I don't really like like I like people really enjoy these like based on a true story kind of like things. And I'm usually not a huge fan of those because I watch movies to escape realism or to escape from the realism of just probably life. You know, why like, you
0: don't like military army. Well, stuff. yeah, as I mean, as it's well. not my that's that
1: is that is part of the reason that I yeah, uh, that's um, fair that I don't enjoy more movies or like um, like military based movies or TV shows for that matter. And um, so, yeah, so the escapism, it's there for a reason that's, that's entertainment in a nutshell. It deserves Mm -hmm. to be, you know? So when people say that like actors, like filmmakers don't deserve the amount of money that they're getting or whatever it is, like, first of all, they're making the money. So
0: they get I mean, to, yeah.
1: They they get to the amount of money they make it. is directly like correlated is with how much. This,
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: It's not like they're taking your taxes and paying these actors exactly. to like act in these films millions of dollars. It's
0: it's you, know, you using your tax their... return to go purchase <laughs> that movie that they yes, then in exactly turn get money from. And if
1: not you, then it's me. I'm spending thirty dollars on Disney Plus to go watch Soul on its <laughs> premiere or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, like. Like, that's, like, why should you care if I'm going to do that? Yeah. Um, I well, mean, I guess, why like, you yeah. care. It's a, it can be a Some political scene. I don't want to get into that. Yeah, My point is you're, you're that people escape, <laughs> into their, people escape into entertainment for the absence for of reason. realism. And, yeah. like, even if the realism's there, even if it's based on a true story, it's nice to just shut your brain off and just watch, enjoy A television show or a Mm -hmm. movie or a video game or a book whatever it may be whatever you choose to do with your time that is up to you yeah but it is so nice to be able to do that same thing with sports i should say yeah i should add that in there okay I feel like we've gotten way off track
0: here. I was going to say, you just went on like a two minute rant. (laughs)
1: Look, I. I, No, don't do it again. Don't do it again.
0: (laughs) I know. I know. Um, No, but to wrap up this comparison that usually is three minutes and is now seven (laughs) minutes long, Um, to wrap up this comparison, both shows that have their success came from, you know, one show was a limited time series and one show changed the genre changed created an entirely new genre for television in general. Um both wildly successful, both coming from very, you know, renowned creators. I know people probably don't know the creators of mine as well because it's, you know, was a older. show it's much older. But still in their own rights, well known, very notable, and have created two very successful and entertaining shows even for somebody such as you that isn't necessarily into something such as this so i think it's safe to say that these are two very different but very similar shows in general
1: well put i don't i don't have anything to add to that
0: damn straight you don't
1: <laughs> just kidding. plus if you let me if you let me start talking i'll probably just go on another rant so just cut the sure. cut the audio here cut. <laughs> all right everybody thanks for listening we appreciate every one of you for taking the time to do so Sorry, it's been a while, but we hope to get back to a more regular schedule going forward. If you don't currently, be sure to follow us on your podcasting platform of choice and go drop a follow for us on our Instagram at back to the pilot. While you're there, leave a comment. Let us know if there's any shows you'd like to hear us discuss. On our next episode, we'll be learning about the birds and the bees as we take a look at Big Mouth and sex education. As always, we hope you had a fantastic time listening. and We'll see you next time when we take you back to the pilot. So long, everyone.
0: Damn, you did crush that one. I was gonna say, boom, nailed it, but you crushed it.
1: You crushed it. That's right. I wow. just, I just timestamped this. We just reporting. skipped.
0: We skipped all of April. We. Didn't I guess it. so. I mean, no, because we were I, late on releasing that one episode. We were we late released. on releasing. it. Oh no, re- it was still in March, though. In March, right? No, we still released it March twenty seventh. Like it, we didn't. Wow. We didn't. We missed a whole month. I mean, that's what happens though when I work. Like I, I don't have, and I work and we well, all, you've work. been still, yeah, you've been super busy still, but I worked weekends, which is when the only time you have time to record. So if I'm working mm-hmm. a weekend, we're not recording episodes.
1: Yeah. Even, even if it's just like a Saturday, cause we don't really have time to do the, no, cause the you don't have the, yeah, you
0: don't have time for the watching the episodes and doing the research. Yeah. So it's like, it just, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. A whole month.
1: Well, welcome back.
0: Who are you talking to? And
1: that's that everybody you anybody who's listening like all four of them um <laughs> me